Juggling motherhood and modern day life can be stressful and relentless, but it doesn't need to be this way. The Joy of Being podcast is the answer to maternal mental health, bringing sustainable relief and calm to hardworking mums everywhere so that you, your family and work can thrive. My name is Marina Pearson and I'm your host, transformational coach and mum who loves to interview business owners, transformational professionals and creatives to have insightful conversations about what it takes to really live a life that is thriving, fulfilling and full of joy. So in the next coming weeks, I have decided to launch a coronavirus series in which I'll be bringing on amazing guests to talk about these uncertain times and how even in uncertainty, there can be an amazing opportunity for us to thrive. Now, that may sound weird, especially if you're seeing markets tumble, especially if you've got people around you that are suffering because of the the virus, uh, and maybe even if because you are scared of your business coming to a halt. Whatever it is, the fears that you have and the panic that you may be feeling, then this series is going to really help with that. I felt really compelled to bring this into uh, my awareness, but also into the awareness of you, the listener. So with that in mind, I'm super excited to be launching this series and for us to create a different conversation to the one that's being had in the media. Not to say that this isn't important, not to say that we're not entering into difficult times, but to say that there is and there are other ways of viewing it other than the panic and the fear that's being brought to the table. So if you are feeling that and you know, you're, you are being affected by the coronavirus through your business, through your finances, through your health, then these are going to be incredible conversations to be tuning into. And if you know of anybody in that situation, then please, please, please do share the episodes with them. Enjoy. And on today's show, I have the beautiful Anissa Floor. She's an occupational therapist that specializes in special needs families. And I thought it'd be a great episode to do, especially during these times of lockdown. So we covered everything from how to know whether or not your child is a special needs child, to calm any worries that you may have, what the process is then of having to uh, go through that emotional roller coaster of processing that information. And then finally, what we can do, what you can do as parents to thrive, as well as have your child thrive during this time. So if you are worried about if you have a special needs child, if you know that you do and you're struggling, or you just need some extra support, then this is going to be a great episode for you. Enjoy. So welcome, everybody. And on today's show, I have beautiful Anissa Bloor. The reason why I brought her on the on the, on the the show today was because um, we had a conversation about what she does, which is occup- occupational therapy for kids. And um, I thought it would be a really, really great episode to talk about how uh, we can help our kids who you know, maybe are finding it more difficult to learn. Um, I guess it's sort of said special needs. Um, And we haven't done a show on that yet. So for those of you that uh, do have kids who have special needs, this is going to be a great episode for you. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Very exciting. So I'd love to know a little bit about what got you started in what you do. And um, yeah. Okay, so I studied occupational therapy a long time ago um, and then started off a little bit in mental health and then I was working with children with brain injuries 
um, at a lovely charity. And in about when my son started reception, he was really struggling. He found it really difficult. And that was when I decided to start my own private practice. And I had one client and I jumped in because I felt that he needed more time with me. Um, and yeah, that's how it started. And it just grew from there. Um, and really passionate about helping families just enjoy their kids mm. and connect. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about how I started. Cool. And, um, you know, I guess we're going through a bit of a tough time at the moment. And um, I don't know how long this is going to last. Maybe by the time you listen, uh, you know, the audience listens to this, that the coronavirus lockdown is, is over. But um, in terms of what, you know, especially mums and, and parents who've got special needs on lockdown right now, you know, what are some of the things that they they can do from home, if they, especially if they've got special needs kids? And I guess, yeah, that and also... Maybe the first question I'd like to ask before that one is, um, how can we identify that we even have special needs kids? I actually had a mum on the webinar the other night who um, doesn't even know if her son has special needs. He's only two years yeah. old, but he's missing yeah. a lot of the milestones. And so she is really worried about how she identifies that he even has special yeah. needs and so forth. So I'd love, I'd love to start there, actually. Okay, so... This is actually one of my um, special interests. I call these kids the gray kids. And these are a population of kids who there's no diagnosis or difficulty identified before birth or at birth. And as they grow older, parents just find that something just isn't right. So like you, um, like you were saying, the milestones just aren't being met. They're just these little signs, you know, the sleep might be impaired. They're not eating correctly. Their bond with you is just not quite there. Um, and, and so these are the kids who can often just be missed um, and they can go undetected. Um, and so, yeah, and so there's your big kind of very obvious special needs. But then there are also these kids who I call the gray kids or the conundrum kids. Um, and they're the ones who are really exciting to work with for the parents because it's about discovering their abilities, what they can do, how you can help them develop areas where they might be struggling. So it might be sensory, emotional, there might be a, a fine motor or gross motor difficulty. Um, and and then how we can work with work with that and get them to be as independent as possible um, for those um, stages of their lives. Do you have a special questionnaire or something, or is it a quite, or is it a something that you process and you take them through? Yeah. So um, when a parent gets in touch, we will have a chat with them, and you can usually pick up the little red flags, such as doesn't like having his nails cut or still can't use cutlery. So we'll give them a questionnaire, and they'll go through this, and it's. It's really just about your basic life skills. So, you know, are they able to tolerate having their nappy changed when they are younger? Um, did they really struggle to transition from formula or breast milk to solid foods? 
um, what's their sleep pattern like. And then as you move along, so when mum went back to work, how did they settle in with childcare, those transitions? Um, yeah, so you kind of you look at the whole the life of the child and what you'd expect them to do because as an occupational therapist, occupations of kids are really their leisure, their play, um, and then their self-care, uh, what they can do for themselves. Um, yeah, and so we'll have parents fill this in. And what I always put in in the report is, uh, or in the questionnaires, I ask parents what you think your child's strengths are, what you think their weaknesses are, and what are your aims for your child? Because I think that's such a telling, telling answer. Um, when I have parents who say, well, I'd like him to be able to go to, you know, um, this selective grammar school, or I'd like him to be able to read at this level, versus the parents who say, I really want to know how I can connect with my child. I want to know what I can do for them to be independent and I want them to be happy. And those are the kids who you know they already have a good start because their parents are interested in their well-being, their whole well-being. Um, I love that distinction because I think as a parent we can get really focused on milestones and we can get really yeah. focused on where they should be. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, it's really fascinating for me to watch. And I'm not saying I've got it right because I definitely don't. But certainly what doesn't make sense to me, and I guess yeah. that's the only thing that we've ever got going on is what makes sense and what doesn't. But this, you know, since we're all on lockdown right now, like yeah. all the things we can be doing with our kids and um, homeschooling and I'm like I'm not a teacher so no I mean you know Leo's five so yeah. you know I'm not in a position to be talking about somebody that has to deal with a teenage kid at home um, but for for younger kids and all the things that they're doing and um, if it was up to Leo he'd be watching tv all day so there is an element yeah. of having to like um, move him off the screen yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. but it's very loose yeah. And I'm not too worried either. So I, I guess. No, and I, mm. I think I, I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I'm very passionate about is saying to parents, you are a parent first. Mm. You are not their therapist. You are not their teacher. Your prime role is to be their parent, to give them love, to guide them, to get them to achieve things which will make them successful in life. And I guess this is where I should maybe say that my definition of success, because that's a massive thing as well as how do you define success? And I think in all the years, my definition of success would be someone who can contribute to their community in any way that they can. Um, and if that means that you're super academic and you're doing it that you can contribute if you are a gardener you are providing joy to someone by taking care of their garden um and i think that's really important is is what is success and how you achieve that with the skills you have 
but also being independent. So my my um, hope for my kids is that they are independent and that they are happy. And so that means if they can have a little job at Sainsbury's, but they can do all their accounts, they can manage their bank, they can have friends, and they are happy, perfect. If that means they are a computer programmer living in the city um, and not doing much socializing, say, for example, for my son who's got autism, but they're happy, then I'm happy. Um, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So um, I guess the question, what does happiness mean? Because at the end of the day, I don't know about you, but my experience of life goes up and down. <laughs> yeah, and I think that is. It, mm. It's always up and down. And I, I think life would be boring if it wasn't up and down. You know, <laughs> the, the moments when you are down make you appreciate when you are up and when things are going well. And when things are going well is when I believe you are growing and getting the skills to help you through the tough times. Mm. Um, and I think... Happiness is being satisfied, is feeling that you are contributing. It's feeling that you are achieving as much as you can. Um, yeah, it's that internal satisfaction. It's feeling like, yeah, this is this is good. I've I've made a difference to someone. I've I've chatted to a little lady down the road. Um, you know, it's it's those little things that I believe make you happy. You can have all the money in the world and be completely unhappy and unsatisfied with your life. Um, and yet you can also be someone who's got a tiny little house, standard, ordinary little job, but you are so happy because you have friends and you're giving back and you feel content. Um yeah, I think in today's society, it's quite um, quite a lovely reminder that uh, you can have contentment first and then everything else take yeah. care of itself versus yeah. having to wait for contentment to happen because you've yeah. made up some rule that you have to have all of these things in order to be content. Um, so with regards to, you know, those moms or parents or that have special needs and who are worried about that, you know, because I mean, I imagine that when you first discover that that's going on, it must be a massive shock. Oh yeah. Um, and, and so let's just sort of walk through that. Actually, that might be quite useful. First of all, okay. say, okay, so that there is something that they can identify. So then kind of going, Oh my God, now what? Like, how do I deal with that? Like, what is, yeah. what is, yeah. what is the process that I have to go through? you've seen that's been really helpful for yeah. a parent yeah so I think it's um I always say to parents go to your GP tell them what you have identified and always make it functional you know the GPs don't care and they shouldn't care about whether they can put coins into a money box but what they should care about is whether that child can relate whether they can have independence, because we can have independence at all stages, and whether they have enough skills to get them to the next stage. Um, 
And then I think, you know, you can speak to your GP, speak to your health visitor. Um, but there are also different routes because at the moment, the NHS, the local councils are so stretched for resources. So a lot of parents are finding that they are going the private route. Um, and, and I would say, yeah, if you, if you can, that's amazing because a waiting list of 18 months is an incredibly long time in the life of a two-year-old. You know, that is, is, it's a long time to wait. Um, I would say is be, be sensible. Don't look at everything on Google. Don't compare your child to your friend's child um, because we're all different. Everyone is wired differently and there will be skills that your child has that maybe the child you perceive as being really perfect doesn't have. Mm. Um, so I'd say is, is look at what's important to you and in your life. Um, so, for example, the mum who it's really important to her that her seven-year-old is able to come downstairs and they're already dressed and they can set out the table for breakfast. Those are really, really important skills. And we need to look at what is involved in getting those skills and how we can make that happen because that means that she can get the baby dressed and ready before she has to drop them off at school or nursery. Um, so it's, it's about their life and what's important to them. It might be that they, it's really, really important that they are able to go for a bike ride and that that child understands the safety and that they've got the gross motor skills and the, um, you know, understand how they need to pedal, how to turn. And then that's what we can work on and what we can focus on. So I think it's, I think it's really individual. And it's really important to look at your life and how your child is fitting in and what you want them to be able to achieve for their level and for your family, um, to make your family a happy one. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yeah, of course it does. And I think this is yeah. really key is understanding them. Um, there isn't one strategy that sort of no. fits all because no. every family and every dynamic is different, I'm assuming. So, yeah, okay. I mean, yeah, I've got two boys and it's the whole nature nurture and they could not be more different if I tried. And we've done nothing differently, but they are different people. And so we've had to accept them each and then adapt, you know, and that's, um, I think that's really important is parents need to accept what they have, what their child is able to do, and then adapt, you know, be flexible um, and not to compare kids and try and think that, well, this always worked with child A, so why is it not working with child B? And it has to work with child B, and this is the only option, you know, because it's not. Um, and then we come down to expectations. So I imagine that there must be a lot of disappointment when you know yeah. there's the ideal yeah. you know that you've got a yeah. child that's yeah. happy and healthy and that yeah. it doesn't have yeah. any kind of learning disabilities or whatever and then there's this yeah. whole process that has to happen around yeah. oh my god it's, actually it's grief 
it's yeah. the whole process of grief. You know, I speak to some parents who perhaps have had a child where difficulties were identified before the birth. Mm. And they tell me, you know, we've had the three months, the six months to to grieve and to prepare ourselves. And you then have a child that's born and you think everything is fine and you get to the first year and everything's great, the second year, and then things start to not go so well. And you then go through assessments and you go through these processes and you get given all these um, statistics and percentiles and, you know, these are the things that your child can't do. Um, and, and parents genuinely go through a grieving process. You know, it's that full on, you start with the denial. Well, actually, no, it's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Then there's the anger. Why are people telling me that he has to be able to do X, Y, and Z? You know, then you go through, um, you know, the stages of grief, your negotiation. Well, if I do this, then maybe this will happen. Yeah. Um, you then have your depression, which is, um, you know, I had severe postnatal depression. And, but it's your depression of just actually, this is just hopeless. I'm, nothing's ever going to come out. It's just, there's just no point. And then you get through that acceptance. Um, and it can happen. It doesn't happen all at once. It goes up and down. It's, um, it's, it's very fluid. Um, and you get that acceptance and, and you go, okay, so here we are. Let's make the best of what we have. Um, and I think that's, that's super important is to remember that once you can accept what your situation is, you can then adapt and move on. I can also imagine as well that, you know, I, I'm not really uh, partial to giving labels, but yeah. I can also understand that how actually giving a voice or a name to something can also be yeah. quite useful in this case. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it, because then they know where they are and they know, okay, yeah. well, now we know, okay, Yeah. now what? Yeah. yeah. And, and quite often you have a label, say, for example, dyspraxia. And I'll say to parents, look, you can choose to go through the whole process of getting that made an official label. And it's not about the label. It's about how you're going to support that child. And the label is quite often it gives you access to so much more, so many more resources, mm-hmm. and just makes you kind of go, okay, yeah. So we are dealing with X, and and yeah, it can for a lot of parents. It's such a relief, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I also say to parents, there are these kids who don't have one big medical label, but what you can say is. From a sensory point, they struggle with X, Y, and Z. And that's having an effect on this. But it's being able to to verbalize that and to say that to teachers and nannies is that these are the things they have difficulties with, but also these are their strengths. And I think it's really important to remember their strengths um, and that they have so much they can do. I am... during this webinar, it's a shame you weren't on actually um, but yeah. you left because I think it would have been really cool to have listened in on this conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
when when she was sharing with me around her frustrations around her child, yeah. what came to mind was this story that I heard about this mother who knew that her child was autistic. Um, but before she had really taken that on, she was always quite busy in her head. So she was always in a rush and he would stop at this hubcap every day going past his car and, and just get down the floor and have a look. And she was like, what the hell is he doing? Um, we need to go. And yeah. so she would yeah. get flummoxed about that and kind of going, oh, he's just doing this to annoy me, right? You know, our thinking that happens yeah. when we're in a rush and oh, we've, we've got a whole bunch of like, I need to go. This is really frustrating. Yeah. And then one day she had a different, a new thought popped in. And it was, what if I actually got down on the ground with him to have a look and see what he's actually looking at? Yeah. So she did. And um, she suddenly saw what he'd been so mesmerized by. All of these, uh, so because of the sun and the reflection of the hubcap, it was twinkling. And um, he was really kind of obsessed with like, the the twinkles and the and the and the patterns it was making on the hubcap. Yeah. yeah. She got down and she she entered into his world and yeah. um, I'm, I'm getting really choked up about it because then what happened, what transpired, was he never stopped to see the hubcap again. Right. Because he had shared it with her. He shared it with her. And I, and I I just yeah, that's all he'd been wanting to happen was was for yeah. him yeah. for her to get down and enter yeah. his world. Yeah, um, and it was I was always, I've been so impacted by that story. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that you know one of my I always talk about can connect, achieve, and navigate, and I can remember just if I can share a little case study or um, sure, sure, go for it. There was a little boy and he. His mum brought him to sessions and she absolutely got him. And and she said, actually, you know, his dad is still really struggling. So he was at a different stage in his journey and his kind of process of acceptance. And, yeah, you know, and and she was saying that... At home, they're really struggling to communicate. They, you know, the little boy might be vocalizing or he might be saying something. And then the dad, who is this big rugby player, just didn't get it and just didn't know how to to be at that level. And I said, well, why don't you ask the dad to come to sessions just to see this different side of his child when he is relaxed. Um, and I can remember they came in and um, the little boy went on the swing and I have this annoying habit of singing a lot. So I make up songs for each little swing. Um, and we were there swinging and this boy was just, he was relaxed and he was calm and happy. And, you know, he looked at his dad and I had the dad take over my role so the dad was holding his hands and pulling him on the swing um and the little boy went sing sing and you know he said just looked at me as if I can't possibly sing that ridiculous song that you were singing and I went 
come on, let's sing, you know, and we sang and it was just the most, I mean, I'm getting choked up now, just the most beautiful connection and interaction. And actually they were at that level, they were eye to eye and they were singing. And that was that moment for the dad. You know, it was that moment of connection and he, um, yeah, it was just, it was amazing. So what I'm really hearing is that we all have the capacity to connect. Yeah, absolutely. At any level, it is, you know, it doesn't matter. So I've worked with kids with profound difficulties and they can connect through a song through a touch, you know, we can all connect at some stage. And if you can only eye gaze or blink, you can still connect. And that connection is what can give us some sort of independence over our lives. So if you have a child who all that they can do is blink to choose the song they want to hear, how amazing that you got them to do that, that they can have for a child who can't move, can't talk, can't walk, has no control over his life, but if he can connect enough to say, oh, actually, I'd like to wear the red shirt today, amazing, right? Um, but in this connection, I think it's also what I try and, and get across to the parents is that the most important person to connect with is yourself. You will always come first. And I, you know, this whole thing of mummy guilt and yeah, all of that, you know, you come first. You will always come first. And if if you aren't going to take care of yourself, if your cup is empty, if you have no reserves left, then what's going to happen to all those people you love? So you have to connect with yourself first. Um, I remember um, I shared this with a client yesterday, and uh, I remember when I was, I think Leo must have been one and a half, and uh, I was at an event and I was really in my head. His nanny at the time had, had sent me a photo of her and Leo and her boyfriend on the beach. And I'm like, oh, I should be there. What am I doing here? You know, um, but really I, it was doing the course so that I, it was part of the, it's, it's the work I do anyway, but also it's had massive, massive, massive um, impact on my mental, emotional well-being. And so I was sitting there like for the day going, I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. Of course, ruining kind of the day and going, well, if, if I just embrace being here, I might get something out of it versus kind of, and so kind of go, no, I should be home. You know, what am I up to? And I shared this with one of my colleagues and she said, look, Marina, what you do for you is actually doing, is, is actually looking after you is looking after Leo. And I didn't really understand yeah. the time. Yeah. Then later on in the day, I was just, we were listening to a recording. And what I heard was so simple. And he was talking about this, this Scottish welder who discovered that we experience our life through uh, thought, consciousness, and, um, yeah, through mind, thought, and consciousness. He was talking about how it's very simple just to bring the feeling home. And that feeling of just being grounded and, and in your body again and just that feeling of love, really. And, um, yeah. and what I heard was, that's my role as a mum. That's it. That's all I've got to do is really just bring that feeling home. 
because the rest just kind of takes care of itself. And then I just had this realization, oh, that's why I'm here, to experience more of that so that I can just bring it home and for for Leo to be in that experience and to that from me. And it was so simple. And I, and I, you know, and I'm a culprit of, 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 of kind of being in two places at once. Like he's demanding my attention. I'm at work, especially right now. Right. So that would be really kind of like, as, as we kind of go into this last bit of this conversation is, so we're at home right now. I'm assuming that some of your, your clients as well work. Yeah. right? And so yeah. special needs kid. I know that I don't have a special needs kid, but it certainly feels like time to time because he's asking <laughs> demanding my attention <laughs> he's got me all on his own yeah but yay I have no school I get to be with mummy I kind of free play and, but I also need mummy so I'm curious about that because I'm I mean I think one of the biggest things that mums are feeling right now is is constant demand on their time on their focus yeah and how could um, we alleviate a little bit of that especially if yeah. you've got special needs kids at home. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of kind of just check-in sessions with parents because obviously the schools are closed, the clinic is closed. And parents are, as you say, they are overwhelmed. You know, suddenly they have to be their child's therapist. They have to be their teacher. They also have to be their parent. And for a lot of parents, they still have to be a worker. They still have to be on those conference calls or getting the reports done. And, you know, what I say to parents is just relax. <laughs> it's, how, do we, how do we do that? How do we do that? You know, it's just schoolwork will be there. You know, teachers are sending home a huge amount of, of work because the pressure's on them. But actually what your child needs right now, because this is such a confusing time, it is they are picking up on all of your anxieties. And what they need right now is just you. You should just be there to play with them, to to make them, to get them to realize that it'll be okay. And we're all in this situation. You know, enjoy simple things together. Lie on the sofa. Put a movie on. You can be on your laptop. Go for a little walk. You're still allowed to do that. You know, it's just don't put that extra pressure on yourself. You don't need it. You know, you don't need to feel stressed. And and I think it's also important to say, you know, okay, so this is going to be mummy time. And while I'm doing this, you can watch a movie. Fine, watch three movies. Because I still need to get my work done so that I can provide for you. And I know that you're safe. You are comfortable. You are happy. You've had something to eat. You've had something to drink. You know where I am. So your basic needs are being met. You're happy. So I can go, okay, yeah, I'm going to do my work now. Um, And you know where I am. Um, And I think it's just be kind to yourself, you know, just just breathe and just say, okay, this is is what it is. Um, I'm not special. There are millions of parents out there doing it. But I'm not going to add unnecessary pressure or stress on myself or my kids or my family by trying to do it all because no one can you know you are you're good enough no one's perfect perfect is overrated you are good enough anyway 
that is all your <laughs> child needs is is your love um, and for you to be there. Um, yeah. Mm. That just makes so much sense. So much sense. It's so much, it's so much more simple than we think, right? Um, yeah. And oh. And it's taken me a long time to realize this. You know, it's, I am not perfect. I have not done everything well, but it's taken my journey, my depression, my, uh, recently I was diagnosed with ADHD, um, all of that and working with my families and seeing that actually we are all just trying. Best we can. Same thing. Exactly. We just want our, our kids to be happy and we just want to connect with them. Mm. Um, and yeah. I love that, and I think that there's something to to to, to really highlight in all of this. Is um, it's, it's something that I wanted to share today, and I've, I, I've got this daily love notes from lockdown, and it really is about you know um, just being okay with what you've done, and uh, in the sense of just. It's so easy for us to, especially those that work, for us to go, I haven't done enough. But what if what we have done is enough for that day? Um, and especially now, you know, when we have to give ourselves a massive break here. First of all, because we've never been in a situation like this before. So it is, it is the unknown for most of us. Um, I certainly haven't practiced. Well, let me just practice being on lockdown with my son for <laughs> <laughs> three, three weeks or maybe even more because it may look yeah. like it's going to turn into a couple of months. Yeah. Um, let, let me just practice that. Let me see what that would be like. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> every day. But that's also why it's exciting. Every day is going to be different. Every moment is going to be different. And I think this is a really important time to show your child, your partner, your families that you need them and you rely on them as well. So as much as you support them, they support you. You know, if you have a backache and you're lying down because you are in absolute agony, hey, Leo, please can you get mommy her book and come and read to me? And that means so much to him. He's like, wow, I'm I'm doing something here. I'm, you know, for his self-esteem, He's supporting you. And I think that's, that's not a one-way street. And we just need to kind of just, yeah, go with it. Um, it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. But we need to remember that it will pass. And we are learning so much about ourselves and our families right now, which is amazing. It's an, it's an opportunity. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And I'm getting to know Leo a hell of a lot more than I did Yeah. For because I've never experienced this much time with him and, and yeah. with him. Um, there was actually, it's really interesting. Um, my observation or my sense of this was I was feeling really anxious about spending this much time with him actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're not alone in that. And actually the fear wasn't the virus. The fear was actually going, Oh my God. <laughs> spending this much time with my son and I was like this is crazy like I love him so what am I scared of and I guess what I realized was was that was the constant this idea of this constant demand that I had to manage him in some way and what I'm starting what I've realized over these last three weeks is that I don't have to manage him he's perfectly capable of 
filling his own time. Yeah, and and also it might um, it might upset you a little bit, but he probably also wants time away from you. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> he probably really enjoys, you know, just having half an hour digging in the garden or lining up his cars or whatever, and they need that. You know, kids need that alone time, and they need to – what you said is really, really amazing that he needs to learn to manage his time and he's doing it. You know, he's managing without you and that's such an important skill that you're giving him mm. is, hey, I need to do this. You go and play on your own or, yeah, amuse yourself. Um, so for those parents that have, you know, special needs kids in this, in this time, what are some things, that practical things that they can do to you know just alleviate a little bit of that pressure i would say routine is super important keep your routine going um get into the garden as often as you can if i mean i have some parents who are stuck in flats so your one walk a day is is um yeah it's going to be super important (laughs) um and then try and get all those sensory feedback you know get in all the heavy work get all the muscle work in so have them you know now's not the time to be precious about your lounge sofa cushions have them use that make an obstacle course it's just you know it's they come first um don't stress it if your child has a fish finger sandwich for supper yay he's had supper you know if um if you have not had a shower today, but you have bought the most amazing Lego tower, amazing. You know, that's, it's, it's those little things. It's just be, be kind to yourself. Um, if you, if it's really important to you to do yoga, find yoga for kids. Do it with them. You know, um, remember to breathe. Practice your breathing techniques with your kids. Um, you know, using your hand or something really concrete, um, and just practicing those skills. Um, and and I think something really important is acknowledging your feelings and saying when you're stressed. You know, is saying, "I'm having a really hard time today." I think I just need to go and and just lie down for a second and just do some meditation or I am I'm feeling a bit worried that you are are missing your friends. What can we do about that? You know, and I think it's everything you're feeling, they feeling. Mm. And being able to verbalize that makes them realize that actually they're not alone and these feelings aren't wrong. Um, and, and it's just, yeah, just do your best. Your best is absolutely good enough and you don't have to do everything. Mm. No, you absolutely don't have to do everything. There are a lot of resources online, um, and, and you don't have to do every single activity that is being done by all these celebrities, you know, just go with flow. Do what feels right. Um, and, yeah, it, it will be exhausting. It's hard work. No one is denying that. But just do your best and, you know, look after yourself. 
So these resources online, is there anywhere that we can... Um, yeah, so Facebook has some great pages. There's one called Sensory Stuck at Home, mm-hmm. um, which has just got some really, really good ideas. Um, there's some great um, YouTube, there's some lovely yoga videos um, for kids, specifically for kids. Um, YouTube also has some great um, mindfulness meditations um, online and yeah there's um you know they can obviously get in touch with us um yeah sorry so if uh someone's listening in and going right okay i don't know if he you know i don't know if my child does have um special needs but i'd love to find out yeah i've been really struggling and i'd love some help how can they come to you where can they do that so if you you can email me, that's probably the the simplest thing to do, which is um, anisa at sensationalkids.co.uk. We are at the moment, I am offering a half an hour free consultations Great. for parents to just go, ah, what do I do? Um, and, you know, I can share the link for booking those directly. I can... I can share that with you. Um, so yeah, um, an email. Wonderful. Well, thank you so so much. It was wonderful. Oh, no, thank you. And for those of you who have been listening in, I hope you found this useful. Things that I'm taking away from this conversation today is just to be really compassionate towards myself, to share how I'm feeling with my son, uh, to also let him know that if I need space, that's perfectly fine for me to just go. I'm going into my cave for a bit. Um, <laughs> which I have done. Bat cave. My bat cave, yes. My batty cave. He calls me the crazy lady. Actually. Um, and and he's like, crazy lady, just chill, just chill, crazy lady. Um, and um, yeah, just generally speaking, you know, not to worry, but also knowing that you've got this amazing resource at hand. So if you do want to share, or do you want to reach out to? Um, her then please do so so until the next time bye-bye for now and there we have it another beautiful episode of the joy of being now if you got something from this and you know somebody that could really really do with a boost of positivity and joy then please do share the episode with them it's amazing the ripple effect that these episodes can have on others failing that if you'd like to join a different conversation around what's going on in, in these uncertain times then please do join the Facebook group, The Breathing Space for Hardworking Mummers. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash The Breathing Space for Mums in Business.